Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. And I'm Joan of Heart. And uh, it's been a couple of weeks. No, it's only been one week because I, I recorded it, it, with COVID. <laughs> time, you know, since since 2020, time is an experience. <laughs> like everything's a blur now. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. We've been saying that for uh, <laughs> four years. But yes. um, yeah, it's been a lot of guests, which has been really fun. But yeah. uh Coordinating people's <laughs> an adventure, and yeah. especially especially recording like <laughs> remotely, quite an adventure. So I recorded Steve's podcast on just iPhones, two iPhones, and the uh, Shure MV88 Plus or something like that. It's their little um, smartphone microphone, nice. and the audio sounded great. The app I was recording it in, I don't know if I did something wrong, but it didn't record the rest of the video in 4K. So, like, uh-huh. Rick's awkward angle camera is all in 4K and mine's just, like, <laughs> normal. I'm like, whatever. You're like, this is fine. This is it's like you're fine. in the room, like a dog in the room with everything on fire. This is fine. <laughs> Steve was like, uh, he wanted to record his hotel room because he was meeting someone right afterwards there. Mm. I was like, ah, you know. We could have taken you to our Airbnb, which is a lot more scenic than the yeah. Comfort Inn in Eagle Rock, Los Angeles. But uh, he had AC and I didn't, so he won. Well, well, yeah, yeah. That that would be the deciding factor that I would lean towards too. Yeah, it really would, <laughs> especially when it's a <laughs> plus a hundred degrees or so. It wasn't really like that bad. Like being out in it wasn't like I felt like I was dying, but it made me not. Re- I would just be sweating a lot. That's what I want. You're like so, so, so sorry. I'm, I am a waterfall. If you don't mind, I, I am glad. <laughs> Dude, for me, it's like I thought Los Angeles was supposed to be a desert, and it was so muggy. Really, it was really muggy because there was a storm, a hurricane up down in Mexico that was sending. It sent a big rainstorm up to Los Angeles, so like we got to see LA when it rained. Like, oh, wow. this feels really like special <laughs> and rare. Yeah, you're like, I just entered in some kind of equinox. What is this? <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up to? Um, I mean, uh, as far as what I've been up to, it's a lot, I guess. I'll I'll try to make it short because it's also very long. Um, I am kind of preparing, you know, I have a lot of construction going on. It's been a phase that they've been redoing our roofs here. And oh. it's finally going into effects. We don't, we'd never had insulation. So they redesigned our roofs to not only add insulation, um, but also with the raising of the parapets and roof, new windows have to come in. So I've kind of been in a situation where we have like a hurricane on our coast and they're like, oh, we'll take out the windows this week. I'm like, no, 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 please don't. <laughs> so That's, uh, that, yeah, that sounds that, like a very bad idea. Yeah, no, it 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 is. Um, we've already kind of had a neighbor that has had you know water come in their house, and those are the first two houses that they remove windows on. So I was like, before you open the rest of us up, how about um, how about no? How about you wait a little bit and finish those ones? <laughs> doing uh, doing roof work in Florida during hurricane very bad season. Idea. Yes. Yeah. I would think that would be a very bad idea. It is. It is. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I, it was supposed to be in December, um, but they kind of moved things up. So this obviously kind of is impacting my ability to record because of the noise, which obviously puts me a few hours at night because they've been leaving close to like eight o'clock at night. Um, get yeah. Most of the weekend I've been kind of pushing through on it. Um, I guess on the good news, um, I learned some new stuff recently as far as reamping and routing uh, things that I've recorded dry in Logic through my pedal board. So then I learned how to do um, some <laughs> parallel mixing. So I've been enjoying that um, and the experience of that. And I'm thinking of in the Albi demo, using that as a way to record something in dry, do the live loop, which that's the other thing I learned this weekend to basically do it separately and then have the track recording. So as I am recording with the camera overhead, I'm turning the knob in in real time with the loop in logic set to a drum track which is what I wanted to do. I never could do that with my boomerang because it would always, depending on how I close the loop, because I'm not always the greatest, it would always go out of sync at some point. So this is a good way that I'm going to be able to lock in 
that kind mm-hmm. of with a drum beat and make it kind of sound interesting during those points. So you're not just hearing, you know, the same loop over and over, which is important because you want to hear the difference on the LB because there's like eight presets. And then yeah. of course, Oh, eight presets. And then the super settings. Exactly. So I'm super still going to kept, yeah. And the super Neil, just so people can compare the two modes, you know, of the regular. And then of course the ultra, I'm still going to keep the loop, the same so obviously you can hop back and forth and see the difference between the two normally i'd do a second different thing but i think it's important you kind of hear with the same loop it how dramatically different ultra is that's generally my uh, approach to demos and i'm Mm -hmm. sure people get tired of hearing the same oh no that's what i was thinking yeah (laughs) but at the same time we as players i think often naturally adjust our playing to like the effects we're using the guitar we're playing the amp we're playing and that doesn't really showcase the differences especially in modulation settings as well like i'll i'll bust out like oh this sounds like this song and then i'll like play a riff from like a chrissy hines song or something but um for the most part i try to keep it consistent so that people can um really really hear the differences that's that's also uh what i've been wrestling with i was like oh i don't want to have people get bored but also it's really important that they hear the consistency between the two modes and how different they are uh the other thing in that one i've been for the house band segment i've been recording one of the first songs i ever wrote and this was on acoustic guitar you know acoustic uh instrument and i'm converting it for this demo into you know, obviously electric and through effects. So it's nice to kind of revisit one of the first songs I ever wrote and trying to yeah. write it for obviously what I know now. Um, so quite a few kind of exciting things aside from the traumatic, you know, dance that I'm doing on yeah. the, you know, house and hurricane front. There's some good uh, breakthroughs and some good things that are actually through this demo. I'm learning things. And if I'm learning things at the same time where I'm kind of having fun and exploring things, it's a good balance, I guess. I'll try to keep my stress yeah. low. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, trying new things in demos is often a little bit stressful for me. Mm-hmm. And, but it's something that <laughs> turns, it becomes pretty essential, I think, personally, um, yeah. to like, because sometimes you just really completely need to change your uh, workflow to do certain types of demos. Like I have um, the Apogee Boom. So mm-hmm. I will have released this demo by the time this episode's out. But it's their newest uh, interfa- audio interface, oh, nice. and it's it has you know th- as you can see there aren't I know you can't see right now but well there I, I is, can kind of see it looks kind of well, the way yeah it's, yeah there's, there's only one see. big knob on it and you click that knob to get between the inputs and the outputs to adjust the gain or the output volume but it also has some built-in effects it has a built-in oh, EQ nice. and compressor that is accessible via um, the Apogee Control app, the Apogee 2 Control app. And that's really cool, I think, for like podcasters, probably streamers, who want to be able to like adjust and fine tune their sound of their voice or an instrument and compression. Um, But you can't really do that in like Streamlabs. You can't really do that in like Zencaster or Zoom. No, we've been through all of them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So if you're recording something kind of simply like that and you don't want to have to like like reroute stuff, like make it so that my microphone is actually my yeah. output from Studio X, nobody wants to do that. It's it's no. pretty neat. It's pretty convenient for that. Um it reminds me a little bit of the pre-Sonus uh streaming uh interface I demoed as well, but that had more that that had like different settings and uh, it had like the funny voices, but this is I re- just really I remember simple. that. Yeah. yeah, I remember when you were toying with that, and you had sometimes the delay and stuff on your voice when you were even like mm-hmm. I think one of the podcasts that you were recording. You yeah, were that and I thought that was pretty interesting. I was like, oh, you have yeah. an easier way of doing it than I do. <laughs> yeah, so this is still more geared toward I think musicians versus yeah. the the streaming one, which is clearly more geared toward uh you know streamers. So yeah. it's it's an interesting little like 
comparing the two. Like, this, yeah, it kind of seems like different. it's a direct plug and play kind of thing. And also, it's funny looking at the design from like what I can see uh, when you were showing it. It kind of reminds me of the way they designed it. If anybody remembers uh, the old movie, like Johnny Five, like the, oh, the, the yeah, it looks Johnny like the Five's front alive. where the knobs are. Yeah, exactly. The front no. where the knobs are, it looks like what his eyes would be. And I was like, oh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that robot. It takes it far oh, back, I know. Short circuit. Short circuit. Yeah, short circuit. There we go. Yeah. That's, That's one of my husband's like. favorite movies. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my advice to people who are interested in streaming or podcasting or even like it worked really well with the iPad, which was super cool. Um, oh, that's convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Check check out the Apogee Boom. It might it might suit your needs pretty well. Um, but that's I hope that's good advice. There's a lot of bad advice out there, though. And this oh, week yes. on instagram and tiktok i asked musicians and guitarists what is some bad advice you've gotten bonus points if you hear it a lot and i'd like to start with the bad advice that i've heard a lot and implore people to stop giving (laughs) please (laughs) have you heard of the poor man's copyright is what they call it (laughs) i haven't heard that so you know when you write something you are automatically granted a copyright as as the creator of that thing. And uh but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy to prove that you created and, and are the sole copyright owner of that work. So some people used to suggest and I apparently do still suggest to take a copy of your written work, recorded work, piece of art, uh put it in an envelope and mail it to yourself. So it'll have the uh send date on the postal date on the stamp. And if you don't ever open it, uh, if something ever happens, you need to prove the copyright. You can say, hey, I have this proof. Take it to a judge or whatever. Um, is, there are is that, problems. Is that when they open it? Like when the judge has yeah. it? Like what's what's the point of not opening I guess it? The, <laughs> I guess the, well, because if you open it, then you could put something in there. Uh, okay, and, okay. So the idea is it's sealed. There are a few problems with this. Is is one, unsealed envelopes make it through the postal service every day. Yes. So that's one problem is that there is some plausible deniability there um, mm. that you could have like fudged it. But the biggest problem is there are people don't just register their copyrights to prove that they were the first person to create that. They register their copyrights for specific protections. So if you actually register your copyright with the government, then you are entitled to like damages uh, if somebody violates your copyright. If you don't register, like, yeah, that like you have some protections, but you don't have the full scope of protections. Like you can't get, mm. you can't sue for damages. Uh, I believe you could probably get like the money and have like, the name corrected on the materials, but then you can't sue for more, <laughs> which because it, it, you, you, you want to, you want to, because if somebody has success based on your copywritten work, they're preventing you from having similar success potentially with that work is kind of, of the course. idea. And also yeah. they did something bad and they need to be punished for it. Oh yeah. Consequences. So, consequences. Yeah. So stop telling people to register a poor man's copyright. <laughs> Actually, register it the re- the real way. Don't just mail yourself something and put it in a safety deposit box. It's potentially not even going to hold up in court. So yeah. there you go. And the other thing is, and this is completely separate, when you do register your copyright, you can register a, a piece of music, either as sheet music or a recording. Always, always, always submit the recording because there are probably things in the recording that would still be protected under copyright. But if you don't register the recording and someone like swipes your guitar solo note for note. Oh, that makes this sense. Has happened, yeah. This has happened. Um, then you pull up the written work and it's just the, the, the chord sheet. Yeah. You can't, you have no protection for that. No, not at all. Well, at least for damages. So that's my bad advice that I've heard <laughs> and would like people to stop giving. Please, please don't. <laughs> How about no? <laughs> yeah. So I asked, um, I asked the followers from TikTok and Instagram, what's some bad advice that you've gotten? And woo, people did not disappoint. No, they did not hold back either. 
Yeah. I think my favorite was um, Lydia Loveless, who you should check out her music. Uh, awesome. She said the worst advice she's ever gotten was don't quit. And she she also clarified that was mostly a joke, but yeah, I, I get it. Sometimes you got to yeah. quit for a while. Sometimes you need to yeah. take a break. Man, sometimes like a breather. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, there, there are definitely people out there who there are instances where you should quit for a while. And that might sound horrible to say, but I think about working at a library and this aspiring songwriter would come in just to print off lyric sheets. And he, he, he was without a home. He Aww, didn't have anywhere yeah. to go on a normal basis. Uh, but he's like, I just want to make it as a songwriter, and I don't think I can with a day job. I'm like, mm. my guy, you've been at this for 25 years, and you've lost mm. everything. I think you should quit time for a while. to yeah, <laughs> maybe time but, to rein it in. Yeah, I mean, take a break for a little bit, get a little stability, and then approach how you could do it in a way that doesn't sacrifice everything you own. Yeah, yeah. your entire life. Yeah, yeah. your wife or kids. Yeah. My guy. Yeah. Poor guy. But Joe, I know you actually went through and you picked some of the best ones. <laughs> yes. I thought that I thought they were great. Um, I guess I'll go down the list uh one at a time. Uh one of the first ones I saw, which was you what you should and shouldn't be using as physical gear. Mm. Yeah, people do love to give advice about that. Yes, unsolicited, of course, as always. I have that's I guess the one thing that you were, you said. I I have my uh, bad advice that I don't appreciate. People would keep coming up to me and saying, um, one of the first instruments that I started on before I got to guitar is that I played ukulele. Uh, I basically played that first. I played every size, but I mostly got to baritone at one point, and I stayed there, and it's basically G-tuning. It's like guitar tuning. Yeah. But I, it was easiest for me with four strings at first, getting used to it, and I was doing singer-songwriter kind of stuff. And, of course, I also put it through effects pedals. That was my humble beginnings. <laughs> and, uh, you know, every time that I would either perform in front of people or just in passing, people would come up to me and say, you know what, you should play the guitar. And I was like, okay, that's nice, but that doesn't take away from the instrument that I'm using now. I mean, it doesn't mean that because I'm playing a ukulele that I am therefore not as serious or I shouldn't be taken, yeah. you know, uh, you shouldn't care about what I'm doing because it's not a guitar. So I don't really think it's the vehicle that you're using. It's really, you know, obviously if it brings you joy and you're making music that sounds great and, and it's people like, like what it. you want it to and it's what you exactly. want it to sound like in your head. And also there's no oh. rush. I eventually navigated to guitar at some point. I also went through like a mando cello that was tuned, you know, Chicago tuning, which is, you know, the DGBE, mm -hmm. you know, same thing, eight string. And then also I got eventually to a 12 string and then a regular guitar. Like eventually I got there, but there's like no rush and no way that you should go about things. Do it in your own time. Don't do it because yeah. someone says, hey, what you're doing, it's wrong. You should do what everyone else does. Like, I hate that. Like, I yeah. immediately, I guess because I'm stubborn and a rebel in that way, it was just like, no, I'm going to keep doing it my way. And if it bothers you, good. <laughs> and it's not, it's not helpful. And it's usually, no. it's usually, it's usually wrong. Like, I think a, a big thing is, you know, obviously there are the, for lack of a better phrase, boomeresque folk who think you should only play Atelier Strat or Les Paul. Yeah. End of list, that kind of thing. Let people do but things the, the way they want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think people will say, and oh, gosh, I just really forget who said this on TikTok, but the hmm. reason that a lot of the great, the, the classically greats, played like strats les pauls and telecasters is because that was kind of what was available in a, a higher time, yeah. like, caliber of guitar like you had your weird tyscos and your sears models and but they weren't like professional quality and back then all you really had at that quality were a few limited body shapes um yeah. as far as a hard body a solid bo a hard body a solid body electric guitar <laughs> definitely <went>. dan electros <laughs> Definitely hard bodies. I've seen it. <laughs> um, but now, like, you can have incredibly made instruments in pretty much yeah. every shape, custom shapes, uh, custom builds. Like, jazz masters can be fantastic quality guitars. Anything. Not that they weren't then. No. Um, but, like, even the things that used to be strictly beginner-level guitars, like a Jag, they make them really, really nice now. 
So if that's the sound that you want, if it's the feel and the shape and the look that you want, far be it from anybody else to tell you what you want. It's exactly. like I always say, like, who are you to tell me what I want? Yeah. And and also, if it's something that's working really well for you, you feel comfortable, you're creating, you're having fun. Why listen to someone that's going to then steer you away in a direction that's away from that? Like, just yeah. stick to your North Star if that's the instrument that is actually creating and doing things that make you basically move forward in your music and career great but to then just drop yeah. everything and go from scratch to something completely different and then start like yeah it doesn't make sense to me and pe people even do that with like audio interfaces yes. um when i when i demoed the presona <laughs> studio 1810c which i love yeah. uh people said you traded down from the focus right like, well, the Focusrite had fewer inputs and less control and no loopback. Like, yeah, but the preamps are better on a Focusrite. I'm like, oh my no, God. they're they're not. They're just different. Like, and yeah. they're not what I need. I'd rather have something more transparent with higher headroom, which is what PreSonus has. Like, air is great. The air preamps are great for vocals. Um, I don't need them. Yeah. I don't sing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what so, I said. On, yeah. on my end, yeah, I do. So, <laughs> I mean, you, there are other preamps out there. Like you can get an external yeah. preamp uh, if you really want that kind of sound, or you can do a lot in you can do a lot in post. But also, I don't think they sound bad on vocals anyway. Uh, so it is it is just a matter of people have their preferences and they like to bestow that upon others. Of course. And there are definitely times where you will need to say some to somebody, well, if this is what you want to achieve then you probably want or need this. Like if you want to um, do a loop back in a stream, which is to, to play the audio from like one of your applications into your stream and be able to mix it separately, you need a specific kind of interface to do that. Yeah. So, but that's, that's, that's different from gatekeeping because it's a matter of how do you, and, and people are probably asking at that point. Like yeah. how do you get that? How do you get the sound from Purple Rain? You don't really get it without a chorus. Yeah, you kind of need that. No, and and also in these uh, instances of advice, everyone's music and everything that people are trying to do is incredibly different. So as much as sometimes if it's not gatekeeper and you're just trying to give advice, isn't always helpful because whatever you're doing may be different than what the other person is doing and it may not apply no. just as long no. as obviously you know you're trying to be helpful and not an asshole yeah. yeah yeah i mean you could always say hey this is what i do to solve that problem it may not, this yeah. might, mm -hmm. might not work for you yeah but so yeah i think it's i think a lot of this is going to be like how you approach the advice and how it's given um, no, of course. I, and that's that also like we were talking about the personas and stuff like that. That was one of the other things that people say is like what DAW you should be using. And I'm like, oh, you should only use Pro Tools if you want to like, you know, uh, be considered like, you know, studio, like, you know, pro kind of thing. And I was like, no, Logic is just fine. Or like any of the other. And I was like, Studio One you, is great. Yeah, it's like, fine too. Like whatever gets the job done. And if it sounds great, like that's your interface. <laughs> they'll all make like they'll they will all create the same stems yeah like <laughs> they all do the same thing just in slightly different ways um mm -hmm. some crash way less than pro tools which is always a plus <laughs> don't get me started um, on cubase <laughs> pro tools crash is pretty famous mm. for crashing a lot the thing is pro tools got in at um the level of like education and that's of been course. a great marketing tactic for them because people learn on Pro Tools, you get certified on Pro Tools and you feel like yeah. you can walk in and, you know, to any studio. And the thing is, Maybe, like, if you're yeah. familiar with one interface, like one adult, it, I mean, it all cross. Yeah, it's cross platform, to be honest. Once you kind of know how to navigate in one, a lot of stuff is kind of like, you know, transient, like it goes, it goes over into the different ones. Um, one of the things definitely when it comes to the uh, interfaces, I will say, is the fact that if there's Logic or it's Pro Tools or whatever, um, as far as Pro Tools, I think it's subscription, right? As opposed to like a monthly kind of thing, or is it like a one-time buy? A lot of places are moving to subscriptions. Yeah, uh, I know. I'm already... At yeah. least if you want to continue to get the updates. Um, updates. Avid Pro 
tools non-subscription version yeah because i'm um, already as far as i'm going uh with adobe because that's basically my stuff that i'm tied in already playing paying a subscription so for me it's like more subscription yeah. payments <laughs> you can't cross grade from old versions um if you find and what I've seen before is sometimes for like these subscription services, if you don't want to pay for the subscription, it's going to be significantly more expensive. Uh, mm, Pro Tools looks yes. like there's a perpetual license renewal update and support. Continue to updates for one year. $200. I'm not sure what this is. No, it's fine. Yeah. I was uh, wondering because I know what people say because that's what I said. Like I'm just sticking with logic. Uh, but as far as what people I've talked to, as far as the difference between uh pro tools and such is that it's subscription based with a perpetual license at a reduced cost so it requires you have an iLock account okay so i it looks like you can but Just like have a standalone? It, it, okay yeah i mean i have a presona uh, sphere so mm -hmm. that's like 120 bucks a year but i also get every single plugin Everything, every single yeah. sound pack which is a, an enormous value like all the drum sounds bass sounds synth sounds that they offer yeah, that's great um, yeah typically make people pay more for i get that and i can still use external plugins with it because it is the presonus studio one professional level yeah, that's what I appreciate, again, about Logic is the fact that I can use other external plugins and I just buy it and it's mm -hmm. fine because I'm already kind of trying to avoid the, uh, what do you call it, the buy-in kind of situation with like UA, where so you, you want all this, you have to pay more for it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me I get too I distracted from pay buying more pedals, which I shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, and it's not the, your doll's not the funnest thing in the world to buy. Neither is a power mm -mm. supply. <laughs> nope, nor is um, a reamp utility tool. <laughs> no, but it will open up a lot of new worlds for you. Um, but no, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's, get, let's get back into bad advice. What else? We yes. Have? All right. What else we have is. If you haven't made it by a certain age, don't even try. That then, is such bullshit. It's <laughs> such shitty advice. And of course, applied, yeah. obviously, when you think about uh, a lot of times when it comes to being a woman, we tend to have a societal expiration date, which really shouldn't exist, but that's yeah. a lot of the things we have to navigate. But there, there are some incredible women even who have had yes. enormously successful careers later in age, even though as, as a society, the acting and music industry tends to fetishize, fetishize, fetishize young, yeah. know, get obsessed with like people who start young, like Fiona Apple getting a record deal when she was 17. Cheryl Crow didn't have a hit record until she was in her thirties. Yeah. And she's one of the <laughs> most famous musicians on the planet. <laughs> Exactly. Um, one of my favorite one of my favorite songwriters uh, is Lucinda Williams, and she didn't get big until I think she was in her forties. Um, big, yeah, it's never too like, late. contemporary, yeah. big. Um, what, another songwriter I like, Mary Gautier, she didn't write her first song until she was forty. It doesn't matter when you start, honestly. No, no and I always say my great aunt picked up uh, organ when she was fifty, and she still got forty five years out of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> It's never too late to start. It's never too late to keep trying, assuming, going back to my friend from the library, you're mm. not losing everything. No. Like, like take, you got to take stock with things and decide, if is it still worth it uh, to have nothing else? And I guess this guy decided it was still worth it. But uh, I, I think, you know, especially for women, and uh, again, like, obviously, this is our, the, we're women. So yes, this is that's why like, we're talking experience. about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, women, a lot of times we get married and we have kids and then we have at least 15 years where those kids are our whole lives because after 15, they become more independent. Yeah. Uh, you can start doing more and we kind of forego, culturally speaking, forego our own interests in favor of our, our family because women, even though there have been vast improvements and i think we both are lucky and have partners who pull their own weight and probably then some yeah. um 
And I, neither of us have children, but I also think that if we did, our partners would be probably. present yeah. and good parents, probably. <laughs> um, I know, speaking for me, I know Rick would be fantastic at that, but yeah. it's not something that we have or want. <laughs> no, but, that's, um, that's about the same thing. Yeah. Like Carlos would be great, but like I am not able to, so that's not happening. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was I, didn't, I didn't. Re- I didn't really want kids anyway, so it's just as well. I literally uh, just fine, blocked I'm someone. Cats. <laughs> I literally just blocked someone from high school who I haven't talked to since high school. Sent me like an invitation to join her fertility group, and I was like, you know what? Fuck you. You don't know my life. <laughs> oh my god. Blocked. Like, wow. You have oh, no idea wow. what you could have just been doing to somebody. Oh, you oh, suck. My god. Yeah, oh, don't do that. To send that, don't do that. Yeah, because if someone but, can't conceive, like that's that's like so it's such a, a very personal, and serious question. Ooh, uh, yeah. So yeah, you don't know somebody's life. Just don't fucking do that. Don't just do don't. that ever. Sometimes people ask me and Rick when we're having kids, I'm like you don't know that. That's an option. Oh, for I us hate that. I hate that so much. And and the other thing I hate is like anytime like if you have chronic health issues, you have nausea. It's like, are you pregnant? I was like, no, I'm no. not. Am I not? I'm not drinking for a while. No, she says yeah. switch antidepressants. Yes. <laughs> there there can be another reason other than yeah. hey yeah I'm pregnant. You gained weight? No, I switched antidepressants. <laughs> thanks for asking (laughs) thanks for sucking so hard Uh, but that is all to say that even though like a lot of women have great partners now and men are more than ever stepping up in the household yes they're still and still tend to do most of the work after work so even if you have a full-time job women still are more likely to cook they're more likely to clean they're more likely to rush kids to soccer practice um, which again, that was time. Great, yeah. that, I mean, that wasn't even my experience because my dad was a very much present parent, which is, I think, kind of why I Mine was too. Yeah. expected that with a partner. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, there's no, there's no age limit on being a musician. I have one more story that I'm going to tell. I did a gig a few years ago with, with this woman and, you know, she had, was old enough to have a son who was like 16, 17 Mm -hmm. years old. And, uh, she, I guess he had this guy, this, her son had like a lot of platonic female friends and a group of him and his friends, a lot of whom were female, uh, went to one of his mom's gigs and they, the girls just ate her up they fucking loved it and the mom said you know i wasn't really expecting to get such an enthusiastic response because like she's in like her 40s these are like teenage girls it's not even the kind of music that they like and they really thought his mom was super cool i mean why the fuck wouldn't you of course yeah yeah, mom (laughs) and she's like what do you think that is and he said you make them not afraid of getting older because you're still doing awesome stuff i think a lot of times you look at people who are older and you're like, I feel like your life got kind of boring. <laughs> and like, I, if you see somebody who's older and still doing that kind of thing, even though they're not um, like yeah. huge rock stars, even though it's not their primary source of income, even though they're just out there having fun, just knowing that it's okay for adults to still play and be joyous is it, it makes getting old a lot less scary. I think. Yeah. No, exactly. I agree with you. I mean, I talk with people and know people that are in their 50s and 60s, like still playing, going, doing gigs, having fun. And that's really great for me to see because I'm just like, great. Like if I'm able to keep my passions and still do things that I love into that point of my age, like that's really, really good to see. I feel less weary and a less, uh, I guess, afraid that I'm going to lose the ability to do those things by seeing other people still do it. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah knowing that there's still going to be a scene there to yeah. support you and love you and other people that you can be friends cheer with you still on, doing like- that. <laughs> no, I think it's just, I think it's one of the reasons it's really important for that kind of visibility and to just squash that because, yeah, for every Adele who put out her first record when she was 19, thus the name, or 20, oh. there's someone like, for example, Maren Morris, who got famous and released her first record when she was in her late 20s instead of early 20s. Yeah, I feel or, like also yeah. the, those are like outliers. Like a lot of times that people make it in general, it's just sometimes 
like just luck. You know what I mean? It and is a especially lot of luck. so young. Yeah. I was like, you can't it's, use yeah. that as a gauge for your own success. Like I don't yeah. I don't use profession like what we what the society claims as pros, like I don't use that as my gauge of success. I think that's no. not a good thing to do at all. <laughs> yeah. I I agree. I agree. Um society doesn't know what they're talking about. And no, yeah, not just, at all. <laughs> it's it's wrong and you know I Louise from Dwarfcraft Devices told me when I told her I was afraid of turning 30. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, well, you're, you're 30, afraid." The, she's <laughs> like, like "Your 30s the 30s <laughs> are She's like, "I love my 30s. I love my I love actively my 30s," she said. And you know what? She's right. 30s are awesome. Yeah, like no, you, they were. And I just saw Noah from uh, the Discord server, our friend Noah. I he posted that. something that was like, yeah. "Your 30s are for unlearning all the stupid like yes shit you learned in your 20s, like yep. all the stuff that made you unhappy." And I think about like how much I really hustled in my 20s. Not that I'm not hustling now. No, yeah. working overworking hours, trying yes. to prove something I that I didn't need to prove, trying to be someone <laughs> I didn't want to be, like. I made a lot of yeah. mistakes earlier in my life and like just getting a little bit older and realizing that like, Hey, I just lost essentially feel like I lost 10 years trying to do what other people wanted me to do. Yeah. I'm never, I don't want to do that anymore. No. So, and I'm, you know. and yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're at a point that you're kind of like where you are in your thirties and kind of reaching this realization, because I think once you get to like your forties, it's kind of like, okay, I know what I want. I know what I don't want. I've already done like yeah. the rat race in my 20s trying to basically people please everyone improve myself. Um, I've already had like 20 years in my career as a veteran. I don't feel like overperforming anymore. So this is yeah. what I can do. This is how I want to go about things. If you're cool about that, awesome. If you're not, like Get I'm not bending over anymore. Like I'm just car. not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I'm not. I'm not doing that anymore. I don't have the energy, yeah. and I don't have the fucking time for that. Like, I, uh, it, which, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I had someone who's a little bit younger basically <laughs> asked how I have so, so few fucks to give, and I'm like, you know, I kinda, <laughs> it happens as you get older. Yeah, <laughs> it happens because like you, you, yeah. you, when you're younger, you can like you can like physically carry all of these fucks and imagine them as like rocks in a yeah. basket, and <laughs> yes. then. And then, like, you let go of your first one, and you're like, oh, that felt hey. really good. <laughs> and then you start just, like, w like walking down the pathway, just throwing rocks into the woods or whatever. Yeah. Until, until the basket is mostly empty. And the things that are yes. left that you care about, you really, really care about. The things you couldn't let go of. Like, I can't yeah. let go of caring about this. And yeah. uh, sometimes you need a little bit of extra work to get rid of a few of those last, you know, last rocks in that basket. <laughs> rocks in yeah. the basket. <laughs> no, I agree with that because over time, and it's something that I've talked with people in passing that are younger, you know, than me. And it's a sense of, I could tell you things to be mindful of, or ahead of the curve of this will happen when you get to its point. And I know it's cliche because we've heard everyone say it, but I know I might be wasting my time because until you get there, you won't understand what I'm trying to tell you ahead of time. Yeah. Um, it's something that just kind yeah. of, as you get older, you're like, oh, that's what they mean. Like you really don't get it before. And you're like, oh, I appreciate the advice. Um, uh, but I don't understand what the merit of it is. And yeah. at a certain point you're like, wow, you're right. I actually do give less fucks now because I have this kind of focus on really what matters and the people that matter to me and what really doesn't and what really I shouldn't be stressing about or caring about because in the yeah. grand scheme of things, I think as we get older and closer to the inevitable, I think that becomes clearer and clearer. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Like some things you just kind of have to learn on your own experience, or experience yeah. on your own and, and come and come to those conclusions by yourself it's like being a little kid and refusing to take a nap and <laughs> grown-ups being like oh i you're gonna want that nap later like well yes. that's not really how it works but also like no. i get it yeah <sighs> i love sleep i wish i could get more of it yes so i i yeah. totally i totally relate to that <laughs> that's it yeah so uh what do we have next we might have to make this a two-parter right. the next no, we might. Um, the next one is networking is not necessary. Oh, I remember who sent this one. V. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who? It, this is an industry based on 
who you know and whether you're likable or not. Like I mm-hmm. like I always say like I, there there are people who are going to be if you're a miserable son of a bitch to be around, it doesn't matter if you're the best fucking guitarist in your city. No. Nobody's going to want to book you. And you're going to be nope. looking around like, well, I'm better than that person objectively. Don't matter. Why am I not getting these gigs? <laughs> because you suck. Nobody yeah, wants to be around you. Your shit. Yeah, no. No one wants to be around so, you. <laughs> but if, like, if you're like, if people are like, ah, this person is capable of doing this gig and I really like being around them, you're yeah. going to get the gig. And yeah. you're like, you can't expect people to come to your shows as a local band if you don't go to other people's shows and i'm not the yes. best at this thankfully my singer and my drummer are fantastic at this um i get out when i can it's just kind of hard to drag rick to things frankly yeah um but it's, it's something that you have to do because you need to like hang out with these other bands meet them talk like talk it on bills together and then yeah. you know but not even looking at it as like, what can you do for me? It's just, you need to build your community because the community is the most essential part of any live music scene or anything no, really like just this yeah, community just of demo general. artists. Yeah. Like yeah. we have this community of demo artists and there are, we know that there are demo artists out there who don't value being as a community yeah. as, as we do. And you see them sort of start to get fewer opportunities from like just looking outward from outwards looking in. Sometimes you know that they're wondering like, why didn't I get that? And like, well, probably because other people aren't recommending you because you don't talk to them. Like, how do we know you to recommend you? No, of course. And again, like, before the pandemic, I obviously I used to go to a lot of live shows like every oh, weekend or so. I used to love doing that. And I've made oh, yeah, some I went of my greatest friends. Yeah, I made I made some of my greatest friends with people that I used to love their bands and I'd go to see and I loved their music and we'd just talk afterwards. And of course I would do my own musical things, you know, locally. And even now that I'm doing the demo stuff and I've talked with people and pedal builders and people online with the community, like that's what I really enjoy. Like the connection and meeting creative people that are like myself and hearing about their passions and seeing how they're pushing themselves. Like I love it. And I don't really see it as networking. I just see that I'm getting to know more people and knowing more about what they do. And obviously if I can be a part of that in some way, I find that exciting Mm -hmm. and fascinating. Totally. Yeah. Um, I asked the person who left that comment, like, who told you that? And she said, mm-hmm. like, some local guy who's never gone gone out of the local anywhere. scene. Anywhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some local guy's never gone that's, anywhere. That's like, mostly, yeah. like, that's mostly all the, also the troll comments, too. They're like, they they have no record, no posting of anything, but, you know, they're going to make comments or say shit or give bad advice like that when they themselves haven't done jack shit. Yeah, and <laughs> that, that, is, that is really the truth. Be- I, we're not the only people who've talked about this. Like, no, um, uh, yeah, a lot of people. Guy, have. <laughs> this guy who he's a bassist, he goes by Amp. Like, that's his channel name. He talks mm. about like I get these troll comments. I click on their profile, and they have nothing. no content. They've got yeah. nothing. And, you know, maybe they think, I think Ryan that, said that too. Yeah, nothing. Maybe, yeah, maybe they think that you know they're better or could do it better. And shit, maybe they could. But maybe put yourself out aren't. there though. They are. Yeah, though. prove it. And <laughs> yeah, it's like oh. I re- it's like going to a baseball game once and the guy behind me and my friend John kept saying stuff like, oh, if I hit that ball, it would have been a home run. I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah, okay, dude. <laughs> yeah, you and me a- both, buddy. <laughs> I'm Babe Ruth. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm Hank Aaron, you know, whatever. No, dude, you like, you probably played <laughs> baseball in college and didn't end up like ended up in like round 15 of the draft or something slow <laughs> like that like if anything uh but yeah it's <laughs> it, it is it is very much a thing so my unsolicited advice for people is uh well you know and i kind of hesitate to say you shouldn't be mm. critical of, you can't be critical of things unless you do it yourself yeah but there's a difference between being critical and for the sake of yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then like offering constructive criticism that's you know if that, people ask yeah. for it leave it and if you if you see something you really fucking hate it 
don't engage with it. What are you doing? Just scroll on. Like, go to something yeah. that you do enjoy. Why do you stop to just be a fucking asshole? If it's not for you, go elsewhere. Like, rage. I don't bait. understand. Everything yeah, is like, rage bait for these people. I, I don't. I call it hate watching. I was like, why are you torturing yourself? Why are you doing this to yourself? It's not something like that you want or you enjoy. And you keep commenting on these videos that you keep watching, and you're just posting negative com comments negatively across the board. Like. What is your life like? I really have to ask, like, what's going on in your life that you're projecting all of this emotion onto these random people just doing what they love and sharing things, really not really getting paid much and just doing it mostly because they love it? Because obviously, like, the pedals don't equate for, like, paying for the amount of hours and things like that that they put in. They're, like, actually yeah. doing it because they're passionate and they love it. And here you are just going to the comms, just shitting all over. It's like, fuck you, dude. Like, yeah. go, go, whatever's going on in your life, go solve it like this ain't it <laughs> some guy commented on my stuff the other day one of my posts the other mm. day um because at the end i'm like hey if you want to support the channel here are ways to including free ways and the guy said something like stop begging for money and get a real job and then we got so i took that negative comment i turned it into an instagram reel because i get monetized yeah. for instagram reels <laughs> thanks and for the i immediately made 10 bucks off of it because, i thought because, that was amazing yeah and then i told him i'm like this comment's already made me ten dollars <laughs> when, uh, when you troll the troll demanded, and then he was like well then you need to give me my fair share of it i'm like who's begging for money now yeah who's bitch what's wrong with you and then he's like i just want what's mine this is not begging. I just want what's mine. I'm like, do you think you're entitled to compensation for commenting on my post? And he deleted his comments. <laughs> Call JG Wetworth. Say some, some cash now. This guy, he, he was so dumb. <laughs> he was he literally commented, I'm deleting they're my not other post, but you don't get yeah, he, he's not. he commented on that same post. <laughs> I'm deleting my other comments so you don't get a boost in the algorithm. I'm like, what do you think you're doing right now, my brother? You're still what? doing it. Like you're working for free, dude. Thank you. Thank you. And you know you. what? And I'm you know what? YouTube kind of likes comments. They really love returning visitors. Yes, they do. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my god. See, boys, right. it's like you can't win. All right, what's no. next? All right. So what's next is um one of the things I do appreciate Tulpa effects. I love his pedals. So uh oh, one Tulpa, of the things yeah, yeah. yeah, I love him. So uh one of the things he had a few. Um, I'll basically say two of them um is you use or have too many pedals on your board. And also there's an instance of his sister was in the band with him for a while when he played out. And he kept having these people walk up to him and basically say like, hey, your drummer's pretty good for a woman. So it's like, it's okay only if she's good. Like, you know what I mean? She's great. I've heard some of the videos. So like, again, like what is the bad advice as far as like your band is only good as if you know, whoever good for a girl. We all know women have to work twice as hard for half the respect. But have you totally. ever actually been told you're good for a girl? Because I definitely oh, yes. have. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. So I, I, I do want to get it out of the way for people who think this doesn't actually happen. It fucking happens in every and not just in music. I've been told my writing Everywhere. is good for a girl. I've been told no. my writing is good for a girl. I'm like some of the most famous fucking authors in history are women. I played in my writing played... for a girl. Yeah, I I I played uh, goaltender throughout my whole life. I went to USA wow. development camps. I played with guys mostly, and I always got that. There, you know, and I had the number one spot always on the team. Like the guy, the other guy who was a backup goalie was a guy. Like I was the one that was basically heading most of the games. Oh, I'm pretty good for a girl. Like no, I am good. Like that's what yeah. it is. I am good at period. what I do. Yeah, you're pretty good. Period. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, that's that doesn't feel like bad advice so much. Um, I, I I do I do long for a time when women can successfully yes. be as mediocre as men can. <laughs> uh, and I'm not over here saying like I'm a ten times better no. guitarist than other demo artists because I'm clearly not. Like that's demonstrable. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure I was a better goaltender than I am like you know a guitar player. <laughs> yeah, like I. I probably you know i'm I'm good though and mm -hmm. i i've had people ask if i'm any good and when i said yes it just seemed really kind of flabbergasted that i would say that <laughs> like, i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't have like this wouldn't be my office if i wasn't somewhat no. competent 
at what at we do. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. But the advice being like you have too many pedals on your board. Yeah, like that's I've gotten that before and I hate that. I was just like, um, no, if I know how I've, to use it and that it isn't muddy no. and it doesn't sound good uh, and it sounds good good in what i'm doing no i think i have just enough Leave, you know <laughs> it sounds good and if you're using them it's yeah. not too many it's probably just enough yeah. or you should have you should get it you should get like an hx stomp instead of using your real pedals I'm like hx <laughs> stomps are great they're great they're great and people who love them love them i of course maybe maybe you just don't want that Maybe that's just not your solution. Or maybe I, I think, they don't want a whole pedal board of things and you just want one solid unit to handle all your yeah. stuff. I mean, it's yeah. basically like whatever you're comfortable with juggling. Some people want a whole pedal board to turn knobs on. Some people want something that's not as much effort. Yeah. Some people want presets and plugins. And plugins, exactly. That was on here too. Equally valid. Yep. Equally mm -hmm. valid. Just completely equally valid. And it's just, it's a matter of personal preference and taste. Yeah. And honestly, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Just because you can't beat them doesn't mean you should join them. Because people are going to no. be miserable sods. Like it doesn't, it, it's, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other one is uh, that I see here is the exposure is going to be worth it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> there are I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to come in with a hot take. Sometimes it is. Okay. Sometimes exposure is worth it. But if they're to the point where the exposure is going to be worth it, they probably have the fucking budget to pay you. Yeah. <laughs> but I you know, there are times where doing stuff for free can be relationship building. And if it is positive relationship building, consider it. Weigh the pros and cons. Do you have time? Will it impede your ability to do something else that you are getting paid for? Like I, every once in a while, I'll do a free demo. But I always tell the people like, hey, you, you can send me the pedal and I'll probably get to it. Yeah. It's going to take a long time. And it's mostly like, do I want that pedal anyway? Yeah. Um kind of thing yeah i agree it's, it's yeah i it's mean rare it's rare and rarer because frankly my paid work is building up faster and faster to the point where i'm probably gonna have to raise my rates soon but uh yeah you know sometimes it's fine to do things for free i don't get paid i didn't get paid for the starcaster demo that i did um I bought that Starcaster with my own money. It launched my channel. It's still one of my most viewed videos, if not the most viewed. Sometimes yeah. it's worth. Some, sometimes it's fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, quite a few pedals again that I've demoed and done so far. Like I paid with my own money. I think out of them, maybe I think maybe the Mall was really the first one I was sent. Um, yeah. All the other ones, and even like the Albi that I'm doing now, I won you know, doing a song competition, like, again, like, that's something I'm doing because I want to do it, not that yeah. I'm being paid to do it. So I'll have demos where, yeah, if I get some, something, you know, obviously I'll like it, I'll do it. But, you know, other than that, most of the time, like, yeah, I'm just doing it because I enjoy it. And I like exploring yeah. the sounds that these pedals that I've got. Yeah. Um, but but there, there are, I think, a lot of examples in fields where, it doesn't make sense. Like if, if you're a wedding band and someone said, oh, you're going to get tons of exposure if you play my wedding. No, you're fucking not. What? No, no, because that no. is like that is what you do. You don't want to play free gigs uh, unless it is strategic for you. Like, no, oh, I mean, we don't we don't have budget to pay for this gig, but like a shit ton of people from a bunch of record labels are going to be there. Like, oh, maybe yeah, you should consider playing that gig for free. Yeah, those business. A lot of those business though don't just pull it with obviously uh, musicians. Uh, as a graphics person in my twenties, like yeah, like we got that all the time, and that's always when I tell people that are starting into you know graphics or things like that. Normally, at least in the profession that I'm in, the exposure really doesn't lead to anywhere. It's really just to get things for free. Uh, these businesses. Yeah. And so we've all kind of, at least in our trade, told each other, if they say exposure run, like don't deal with them at all because 
once you accept that one client and then everybody obviously network wise knows, then you're having to deal with that constantly. You need to eat. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, you do. Um, a thing that I used to get a lot, uh, see, with photographers and writers, especially, mm. uh, was working on spec, and that's called, and that stands for speculation. And mm. the idea was there, you would do the work, and then if the person liked the work, they'd pay you for it, but only if they liked it. And you're like, no, like if you're reaching out no, to me, you should already know what my style like is. It. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're probably going to use it anyway. I've seen that happen too. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I think working on mm. asking someone to work on speculation is evil. Yes. And it's it's also kind of the the like I know there are, there are websites where it's almost like a competition where you you like I want a logo and five people submit logos and only one of them gets paid for it. Don't do that. No. I had a, <laughs> there was a guy who was I went to high, college with and he for some reason thought he was super hot shit. He did have like an indie record that maybe got some good reviews or whatever but i don't think anything really happened with his career because i he was like a, a drop in a bucket ultimately he asked a bunch of students at my college to mix i think one to three of his songs and then whichever mix he liked the most would get to do the yeah. whole record like are you what are you no you are nobody. Like you need to pay no. people at least for their time. Like if pay I if people. I if I am applying for a writing job and someone wants me to do a writing assignment, it is standard in the industry to pay for that writing assignment, whether it gets used or not. Like, oh, yeah. you will pay you for your time, 250 bucks for yeah, an article. Like, like, okay, fair. Even if they never course. use it. Yeah, if I if I'm actually if I'm asking someone, I have some kind of track, and I know a drummer that also records, and I ask them, "Hey, I want at least a live drummer on this track." I will ask them what their rate is. Like, I'm not going to tell them, "Hey, you're on my track. I have a channel. Do you want exposure?" Like, I respect yeah. artists. I respect musicians. Like, what's your rate? Like, no, <laughs> I hate that shit. Why would I do that to someone else? it's i don't know people are, uh. are pretty atrocious ultimately and it's just not a lot you can do about it no. in the end um, except them. for just say no like no people are people are always they're always gonna be people who try to um get more than they deserve from from you and um just say no like like uh like nancy reagan to drugs just say no <laughs> You mean like that dare program that yeah didn't really working? Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to find that band. I just don't think I'm going to be able to find them. But I remember seeing what this guy's vinyl record in the store once and being like, oh, huh. and this and uh, it was a discount bin. Discount oh. bin. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. He is very talented. There are a lot of people I, I went to school with who were very talented and didn't have any drive. That's the thing. Like, as far as when people talk about who's pro and how you should, like, evaluate who's professional and that, and I was like, you know, there's a lot of people that I know that are way better than the people that are considered pro and who made it, and they never fucking made it at all, and, like, no. their music is slept on, and they are way more talented than the people that are mainstream and whoever's getting play, honestly. Yeah. I mean, but that's just how it. Happens. It is how it is. I know. Yeah, it's, and it's it's so the same. It's it's similar to um, you can be the best guitarist in town, but if you're an asshole, no one's going to hire you. Exactly. You can be the best songwriter ever, and if you don't try, put yourself out there, actually do the no. work, and do and things. Yeah, gonna, and make and actually working is never a guarantee of success, but not no. doing the work is a guarantee you won't be successful. Yeah, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take if I'm going to use a hockey kind Wayne of proverb. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> it's a great one. Yeah, it is. Right. He is the great one. I really wish I knew this person's name. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it, but I'm going to keep looking. <laughs> Maybe my ex yeah, my, on the record. Yeah, my two favorite hockey players were Mario Lemieux and Felix Potvin. Those are always, like, my two favorite players. Yeah. I don't yeah. – uh, I liked um, – Pretty much anyone who played with the Preds. Uh, Rick Nash. Rick Nash. Nice. I love Rick Nash. Uh, huh. Yeah, I don't know. No idea. Um, engineer. 
I'm never going to figure this one out, huh? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> There we go. The mystery shall continue. Unless you found it now. No, I probably won't. And I don't super duper care, I guess. Chris Staples. Oh, you can't count that. That was a live show. <laughs> I'm never going to find it. All right. It's okay. It's all right. Let it just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, yeah, I know we don't have time to get to the the rest. Are there can, more though? Yeah, there's like uh, five other ones. So I mean, if we want to do Let's, a part two, we can I do think part we're two. We're going to do a part two. We're going to do a part two on this. Because <laughs> yes. uh, I got to bounce. Because in true Emily fashion, I haven't eaten yet. Oh no. <laughs> And I would prefer to. Uh, yes. So thanks again, Joe, uh, for joining me on this uh, podcast endeavor. This was this was a really fun one, I thought. Um, yeah. Everyone out there, I'm bad at saying it at the top. Please like, comment, subscribe, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, video version of the podcast on Spotify. And there are usually like polls and questions and things you can engage with there. Uh, yeah. Patreon.com slash get offset to get access to our exclusive Discord server, merch at getoffsetpodcast.com please like comment subscribe on the youtube channel um super chat if you want to drop us a tip we have that if you're still watching the premiere you can still super chat you can do it you can do it you can do also, it also really uh, if, if if also uh anybody out there any brands or anything wants to sponsor the podcast oh, I, I, was can def- about that. I, I can definitely tell you that i will be super creative in plugging whatever it is that you want if you've seen my channel, you know how creative I am. I will definitely make it entertaining and worth your while. So please, yes. you know, sponsor the channel. We'll definitely do a very creative plug that will not get you ignored. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate any support you may throw our way. Yeah. Also, check out the Pedal Playhouse. That's Joe's channel. Uh, social. Both of us jo- are there. Yes. <laughs> I think I tagged you in the Instagram bio. Please let me know yes. if I need to update that. So, yeah, everyone out there, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. And I'm Joan of Heart. And I said your line because I forgot. It's all right. uh, uh, Bye-bye. Bye.